ask me to talk. Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas from the ridiculous to the sublime on Don't Ask Me to Talk. Now, here's your host, Stacy Heller. Hello, everyone. If you can't listen live each week, like Joan and Diane and Lee, then you can find Don't Ask Me to Talk wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can text D-A-M-T-T to 55678, and you will get show details. If you want to connect, if you have a comment or a question or an idea, then please feel free to call into the show. The number is 425 425- Three seven three five five two seven. I would love at some point to break my streak of no one calling in except for my mother. I mean, I'm thrilled that my mother calls in. However, one of these days, we're going to break this streak. Uh, you can also find me through my website, stacyconnects.com. It's a work in progress. Maybe we could just get Joan to put on a different voice. I don't think she's good at doing other play voices. Play a character. <laughs> know that she can do that this is the joe challenge uh, yeah we'll see and what do you think mom are you up to it like can you do a voice like a, an imitation this is janet <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know if she can do it uh speaking of mom so the super bowl was on sunday and two teams played i uh like bengals and rams yeah Okay, I did well. And, um, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, I have a guest. It is Justin Park of Romero Park. Welcome, Justin. Hal, hello. Perfect. I totally forgot. I got so into my brain dump. My my brain is very full this week. Um, so the Super Bowl, we got a text from uh, Legendary. He was on the program a few months ago, and he texted and was like hey what are y'all doing for the super bowl and my spidey senses said someone doesn't have cable (laughs) (laughs) and um however never look a gift horse in the mouth and pete and i got to watch the super bowl with legendary and that was really fun he had lots of colorful commentary and uh as a rapper and musician himself, he especially appreciated the halftime show. Oh, I'm certainly. Yeah, right? I, 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 he would have had to. What did you think of it? Well, look, I'm, 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 I'm one generation maybe removed from, from uh, that, that group. So I, I knew bits and pieces of, of uh, a few of those songs. Okay. But I appreciated the, uh, what, the artistry and, and, and the nostalgia of it all, right? I mean... I think pro- Super Bowl halftime shows have been hit and miss for a long time, right? Oh, yes. So the fact that they they kind of committed to one in that way and 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 went for it and got a lot of different people to buy in, um, I thought was a great thing. And I I'd agree. like to see more of that. I agree. Well done, Eric. Did you like it? Uh, I didn't watch um, the Super Bowl or the halftime show, but I I heard about it on Facebook, and a lot of people seemed excited. Okay, so some. People seem cranky, but, uh, you know. (laughs) Well, so this then. Hard to make everybody happy. Totally. And I loved it. It had Snoop Dogg, 
I mean, come on. It had Dr. Dre. It had Eminem, who took a knee. It had Mary J. Blige. At the end of his set, he kind of took a low-key knee. Yeah. Uh, Mary J. Blige, um, 50 Cent, who, as Legendary said, looks like he put on 50 pounds, um, which I was like, that's kind of funny. Um, We we call that dollar fitty. Yeah, right? Exactly. Or maybe now he's a full dollar. Right. I don't know. (laughs) So... I thought it was amazing, nostalgic. I I learned that Jay Z is actually the one that produced the whole thing, put it together, and well, does that like, surprise anybody? Though I mean, no, right. Which it also then explains Mary J. Blige's costuming because it was very Beyonce, um, and I had to chuckle because my mother called and was like, "What is this? Who is this woman that's wearing these short shorts?" <laughs> and like. Blah, blah, blah. And Legendary was making me laugh because I had mom on speaker and he's like, in the hood, we like something to hold on to. (laughs) It was a very funny conversation between two very diverse backgrounds (laughs) and two very different age demographics. And it made me chuckle. And my only thing is, she is a year younger than me. And I'll tell you what, if I could get up there and look like that, I'd be like, I mean, she looked amazing and in full voice and whatever. So, well, that was my question was I was, I, as, as, as watching and, you know, and, and I knew who they were generally and again, bits of snippets of the songs, but I was going, how much of this is, is actually live versus, you know, lip synced? I wondered, but. Well, they have to pre-record. From what I understand, you have to pre-record because things can happen. Right. And so and their you, time is a, is very strictly regular. Very. Yeah. And there was a couple moments when um, people caught the, you know, the lip syncing. Yeah. Um, right. Am I right in this? Oh yeah. I mean, the, every year the artists, artists that, that are involved with the halftime show, are, you know, basically the, the Super Bowl says you got to record this thing so we can preview for content A and B. Also, we, we got to make sure that because sound problems could happen and mm-hmm. this is a major Thank production. Thank you, Justin so, Timberlake and yeah. Jackson. Right. So they basically have to lip sync to it. And if you're, you know, doing that on the regular, then, you know, harder to slip up. But if this is something that you rarely do, then, yeah, you're probably going to slip up occasionally with the uh, the lip syncing because that's a skill in itself, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... It's really hard to do that and to sync up. And I will say that typically in the like hip hop rap genre, a lot of times these guys are doing like freestyling and whatever. And, um, you know, they just kind of are like off the cuff saying whatever. Right. And so I imagine that's difficult. So I loved it. It brought out my my inner gangsta. Exactly. Enough said. Um, I'm really having do have some visualization things going on right now with <laughs> Stacy's inner right. Gangster. Instead of like my gold chain, it's although <laughs> mom and legendary were comparing gold chains. My mom pulled out her gold beads, and Deshaun had like a chain on, and it, I, the whole thing really made me chuckle. He's a good sport. She's a good sport. Gotta love bringing people together. Amen. Right. Uh, hey, yesterday was Valentine's Day, or in our household, we like to call it Annie's birthday. It's a great name. Right? So You did like the opposite of most parents. Uh, 
Yeah. They had the kid on Valentine's <laughs> Day <laughs> instead of the conception. But <laughs> Oh, yeah. And the whole thing happened very fast. Yeah, lightning it was like speed. backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was our labor of love. And actually, not only on that day, 26 years ago when she was born, um, did was Andy born. However, my brother and my sister-in-law, they were uh, married on that day. So it was a big deal. And um, we went to, she chose Canalis for her birthday. Now, people that are in this area know that Canalis is a very, very nice restaurant. Uh, naturally, it being on Valentine's Day, and they're not normally open on a Monday, it was a preset menu. And so just to make the reservation, you had to put down a deposit that's like a mortgage payment. Did you have to do that like six months in advance, I bet? Oh, like probably six weeks at least. Uh-huh. And even then, I ended up with a 5.30 dinner reservation, which seemed fine because we're not going for romance. So Right, right. Uh, I will say they did an amazing job. The The main server that worked with us, with a cast of a 1,000, no wonder it's so dang expensive, they had so many people waiting on us at any given time. I felt like I was in that song, Be Our Guest, from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> like, it was like the minute something happened, they were like right there. And, Mom, you'd be happy to know, they know the rule of serve to the left, remove from the right. Every time without fail. I just want to go back and talk about 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 Pete and his game on setting up a child's birthday on Valentine's Day, so he's covered for eternity. Uh, I, by I the mean, way. right? Really impressed by that as 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 a as a husband myself. I mean, and I am not nailed it. Yeah, he to- Oh, yeah. Well, and he'll tell you he did all the upfront work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whatever. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Valentine's Day myself, so it works out great for us because we just focus on Annie. Annie, on the other hand, is like, worst birthday ever. It just makes me realize how alone I am. Wah, wah. Not quite, you know, Christmas as a birthday or anything like that. But, right. You know. So um, I will say this about Catalyst. When we arrived at every place setting, there was the menu, and it said Valentine's Day menu. The server said, uh, I understand it's your birthday. How do you feel about DIY? And Annie's like, uh, great. <laughs> Am I going to have to make my own dinner? Like, what are we talking? <laughs> and he went and he put together a new menu where he cut a piece of paper and tried to match the font and changed it to Annie's birthday menu. Then he even went one further and printed out a menu in the font like everything else that was changed to her birthday dinner. Wow. Right? Over and above. Over and above. Now, I've never been to this place. I'm sure it's fantastic with the prices. It better be. Uh, but I'm looking at their website, and I got to say, the pictures, I I know they're, they're trying to make it look chic and trendy, but it looks sad. Is it? Wait, 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 wait. Is it the... So how did you spell it? Because cause it's not cannel... It's, it's like the spelling. Canless, right? Canless, yeah. Yeah. Like C-A-N-L-I-S. You've got the just the pictures. And again, I'm sure the food is fantastic. But the pictures, they've got these huge plates and the teeny tiny <laughs> portions of food on there. Like I, I'm assuming this is duck that I'm looking at. There's 
like three little slices and then what looks like a burnt onion <laughs> next to a hey, portion of it. My tortilla chip with caviar and peanut butter was delicious. It's not what it was, but it is what it looked like. I mean, I just, I think they need some help with the menu pictures. But <laughs> again, I, I'm sure it's fantastic. It it was, uh, I think it's one of those things that's like, you know, reputation, right? Yeah. So it precedes you. And at Word a certain point, you don't even need to really change much. Don't even put the pictures up. Right. Like, <laughs> it's it's very, you know. If you think people see these pictures are going to go, I'm going there to get the uh, right? the taster size of salsa with some shredded (laughs) stuff on top of it. Okay. (laughs) You look at a picture and you think, oh, it makes me so hungry. This one, you look at the pictures and you go, I could eat all that and still be hungry. Well, I see that it says $165 for the menu and... And then it's three courses. These this does not look like enough to feed a child I with will... all these plates combined. <laughs> <laughs> these are all fair assessments, a hundred percent. And now I feel like I need to take you there, and we need to set up mics so that we can have a commentary the entire time. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm happy to go. Right? I gotta tr- this. I mean, this has got to be the most delicious food in the world for this. Teeny tiny sad looking portion <laughs> to be, you know, this price, you know, otherwise they wouldn't stay in business. Uh, yes. Yeah. And as I said, the amount of wait staff that they had for every table, it felt like there were like lieutenants. I felt like I was sort of eating with the mob where there's lieutenants standing like around the restaurant just in case something happens. I, you know, it was a thing. So, so you got one person who's bringing you the. What the little condiment-sized cup of of uh, of stuff, and that's his job. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. That's his just to bring that, right? Uh huh. And I guess so. Classic um, Heller's going anywhere. Annie and I went to the restroom, like women do, where she had a full photo sesh, and we met another woman there who it was her birthday too. So chatted with her. She's from Florida. Yes, of course, I made friends with people in the restroom during Annie's photo sesh. There was a couch. Come on. Anyway, uh, Pete chatted with the the server who was pouring the water throughout the evening. And he said that he left a job in, like, tech programming or something and does better working in Pouring this water job. at Canada. Apparently. So, anyway. It was fun. I wore a pink sequin dress, and I will tell you, I got so many compliments yesterday. I Pete basically stopped the car, slowed it down, really, and I had to hop out in Redmond to go get Annie's cake. And so I hit the ground running, literally, and some woman shouted from her car, you look amazing. And within a 10-minute time span, I got, like, seven compliments, which leads me to believe that I need to get the dress now in every color. And, and, and wear it when you do the show. I just wear it all the time. All the time. So, yeah. So, anyway, that was very, very exciting for me. And, um, yeah, there's a lot. Uh, okay, so since I've been running my mouth, as I do so well, uh, one thing that I do want to share with everyone is a reminder. So a couple weeks ago, uh, Dr. D'Anthony Smith of the 
uh, PTSD Institute was on the show. And he shared that the PTSD Institute is hosting uh, sessions where people can ask questions, learn about PTSD, uh, trauma, these kinds of things. And the meet and greet, the kickoff for this, if you will, get it, football, because he's a former Seahawk. Yeah, see what I did there? Um, is tomorrow, February 16th. It's from 7 to 8.15. You uh, join via Zoom. Um, the meeting code you can find through their website, but I will also share it here. It is 357, get your pen, 357 996 Four seven zero zero. There's no passcode required. You can drop in. It's free. You can have the camera on or off. And um, if you or somebody that you know has dealt with some trauma, and by the way, there's no yardstick by which to measure it. So, you know, maybe it's your mother, like me. <laughs> Just kidding, mom. Um. Anyway, uh, check that out. And my stasiism for the week. It seemed like a perfect one with what I'm going to be talking about with Justin. Uh, It's not the idea. It's what you do with it. So it's great to have all of these ideas that I have. However, they mean nothing if I do nothing with them. And so that is in part what I'm going to be talking with you about, Justin. Wonderful. I like it. Right. Okay. So keep listening. And when we come back, I am going to be asking Justin a ton of questions. And why I love this is because he is an attorney and he's not charging me this time. So keep listening to Don't Ask Me to Talk. We'll be right back with Justin Park of Romero Park. Hi, I'm J.D.K. Winnikin, host of This Show is All About You. If you're like me, you seek many things in your life. Adventure, meaning, belonging, you have dreams, and you want fun, and of course, you want love. And we also want other people to join us along the path. But what happens when you don't know how to have all that or where to start? Well, join me every week to learn more about how, because I am just like you. So join me each week here on KKNW for This Show is All About You, a show about how you and me become we and what that means for all of us. And be sure to visit my website, wordsbyjdk.com. Whether it's fly fishing or French pastry, we all have something that makes our tail wag. Involuntary and instinctive, it's sparked by excitement, inspired by purpose, and it speaks to who we are. I'm Stacy Heller of Stacy Connects. I lead clients to the place that makes their tail wag. As a creative director, I bring ideas to life. As a podcast producer, I give ideas a voice. Stacy Connects. It's my superpower. If you want to connect with me, Stacy Heller, go to stacyconnects.com. Feelings of disconnect are the cause of an ever-surging mental health crisis. Many of us feel apathetic about ourselves, our work, home, and relationships. We don't know how to re-engage. I'm Greg Kuyper of Kuyper Counseling. At the Root focuses on emotional connection and how awareness is at the root of building healthy relationships with self and others. Join me weekly to re-engage with both. At the Root airs Mondays at 3.30 p.m. here on KKNW. Subscribe to the podcast or go to Kuyper Counseling. Alternative Talk 1150, local talk for the body, mind, and soul. Don't ask me to talk. Welcome back to the show. During the break, we were checking out the uh, website, and uh, 
of Canalis, and uh, it's pretty. It's, anyway, it's, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Very colorful. Very and um, and delicious. And uh, good thing, as we said, Justin's a lawyer, so we can layer up <laughs> if we need to. Um, okay, so you're an attorney, a business attorney. I am. Surprise. There we go, right? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So uh, I know Justin through the BNI group that I'm a part of, and uh, we did an episode of the Plateau Partners Pulse that had both you and Troy, our other attorney in the group, on the show, and kind of differentiating between what it is that you do. And the message that you both gave, though, is that if you are in need of attorney, if you know an attorney that, to use the BNI vernacular, you like, know, and trust, go to them first and ask them if they recommend somebody to help you with whatever the need is. And, and even a step back from that, I think uh, so many people are never sure, do I need an attorney? And so you do need a, 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 an in to add somewhere where you can feel comfortable asking that question. Do I need someone to help me with this? Right. Right. Good point. Yeah. Um, and so your focus is on the business side. So you're starting a business, you have a business, you're selling part of your business, you're going into a partnership with someone, um, you know, things that you need to consider when you're going into business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that. <laughs> However, I've got you here. Yes. <laughs> and so I want to throw out various scenarios, and these really do translate probably into a business when you have an idea for your business and something that you want to do. Uh, it may be a product. It may be a service. I have a ton of ideas like my uh, water drum idea that everybody thinks is really funny and not effective as a way to stop wildfires that spread. And when you have an idea like that what do you do ah okay um this is this actually this is kind of funny it reminds me of the bar exam right because the bar exam they give you a scenario and then the question <laughs> at the end is discuss the rights and liabilities of the parties right oh, you have okay to lay it all out right so um that was a long time ago but uh so your concept that you just laid out right there is essentially an invention, right? A device, an item that you would build and or engineer in order then to, to serve a particular purpose. And you would want to be able to market and sell that and, and, and you know, make some money off of it, right? So Well, yes, secondarily to stopping wildfires. Uh, well, but then you're, you're, you're solving a problem, right, mm -hmm. that, that society has. And, mm -hmm. and we have decided as a society that when you do that, uh, one of the advantages and one of the motivations we give people for doing that is that we allow them to market it and benefit financially from doing so. Sweet. Um, and so then there are mechanisms out there to protect you and to make that easier uh, for you to do. And in the case of an invention, mm -hmm. uh, the, the mechanism is patent. Okay. Right? Um, and so if you have an idea like that and you think that it is marketable, uh, you do want to talk with, you know, business people and investors and things like that, who's going to do your manufacturing, so on and so forth. And there's a whole slew of legal issues that goes along with that. The other side of that is protecting that intellectual property, right? So that somebody else doesn't come along and say, hey, that looks pretty cool. I'll go make it myself over here. Mm -hmm. um, that's when you go see a patent attorney 
and okay. they will help you. One, they'll help you decide, okay, can I patent this, right? One. Two, is there other, uh, are there other inventions that have been patented before that impact the same or similar technology um, that would impact your ability to patent it? And oftentimes what they're doing is saying, okay, maybe we can slice it a little bit thinner as to what we patent. Mm -hmm. And you can still sell the entire device, but only this small portion of it is unique to you or something along those lines. Okay. Um, and then they, they help you through the application process and so on and so forth. I'm not a patent attorney. I don't claim to be. That usually requires some kind of engineering background. Okay. But um, in the case, that you, the scenario you just put out there where you're mm -hmm. designing this device, I think that would be a great place to start is understanding the patentability of that device. Now, beyond that, you're also going to have the business formation Piece, right? Do you choose some kind of an entity? Do you form a company? Do or do you just sell your idea to another company? Mm -hmm. All of which are going to come with various types of contracts. Right? Those contracts need to be drafted, reviewed, approved, brought up to date. And what a lawyer helps with with contracts, um, often I get people coming to me with contracts and they say, "Hey, is this a good deal?" Mm -hmm. That part is harder for me to comment on, right? Because you know, you'll know if a deal is good or not. People experienced in the business side of things will know if it's a good deal or not. My job as the lawyer is to make certain that um, you are you are protected by the language of that contract mm -hmm. um, and that the language of the contract gets you where you want to go um, without the experience in a particular business industry. I may not be able to advise you on is this a quote unquote good deal or not, right? And am I getting enough money? Am I getting enough um, in the way of, you know, ownership, so on and so forth. Right. Um, but I can look at the structures that are in place and say, and tell you, okay, look, this one, this is what's going to happen as a result of this. And so I spend a lot of time imagining worst case scenarios based on contract language, unfortunately. That's fun. <clears throat> yeah. Fun is a, is a, is a. <laughs> You're like that guy from the ads, like chaos. Yes, in some degree, um, he is uh, mayhem. That's mayhem. mayhem. That's what it is. Mayhem. Yeah, he, he, in, in, I understand what he's doing there, right, at least. He's, he's trying to find, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen and how will this contract deal with it? And do we need to put some protection in place to make certain that if that happens, we're covered? It's so interesting because uh, it is essentially insurance for your business, these kinds of things. Absolutely. No question. It, because, well, it's pre-insurance, really, because we're trying to solve the problem before it happens, whereas insurance is trying to compensate for the problem after it happens. Oh, yeah, look at that. Good differentiation. It's like mm -hmm. you know what you're talking about. Almost. Almost. <laughs> okay, so now let's say that I want to name my giant water barrels that tilt. I want to call them like uh, Tilt-A-Water. That's a terrible gotcha. name. That is a terrible um, name. So I got to work on that. Okay. However, let's say I come up with an amazing name. Super catchy. Right. What do I need to do about that? Ah, okay. So now we're, we're moving into a different area of intellectual property protection, right? Intellectual property is exactly what it sounds like. It's something that you've created, that you own, that you want to protect in the same way you would protect regular types of property, real property, personal property, intellectual property. Um, when you're protecting the words or uh, visuals uh, that identify your product, uh, the mechanism is trademark. 
And there are at least three different kinds of trademark. Um, there are is is what's called common law trademark. There is then the federal trademark that we're all familiar with, the little TM, mm. right, or the mm-hmm. little R after something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there is also state-level trademark protection that's in place, all of which are designed to allow, um, well, not to allow, to prevent somebody from um, from identifying a different product as yours and creating confusion in consumers as to the source of a particular product, idea, service, whatever it may be. Okay. So if I have my, uh, my, uh, my tilt a bucket, mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. It's a little better, um, and it's going to be used nationwide, right? Then I need that protection at the federal level. At the federal level. I, yeah, e- even if it's only going to be regional, maybe you know. I mean, if it's not going to be something other than just local. You probably ought to consider a a federal trademark, and in some situations, if it's going to be overseas, you might need multiple trademarks in multiple areas of the world. Um, you know, the the United States is kind of considered, if not the gold standard, one of the gold standards for trademark registration worldwide. Um, the EU does their own. Um, there, several of the countries in Asia have have their okay. systems as well. But um, so what what we do is is the nice part about it is the, the United States Patent and Trademark Office, or the USPTO, or just the PTO for short, um, they have invested a, a lot of time and effort in making their website pretty darn user-friendly, right? I mean, if, if I was just starting a business for myself, I would the first recommendation I would give somebody is to, um, in addition to just working on your idea, is take the time to go and peruse the PTO's website um, and, and run a search or the name that you like, to see what happens, right? Now, um, in, the, in the old days, uh, that search was done by professional trademark searchers who had access to the PTO's hard copy database and everything like that. Um, the, the internet search is no substitute for an actual you know, trademark search by a professional, but um, it's certainly a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Okay, couple thoughts on that, uh, or a couple questions. One, what's the difference between the TM and the R? Ah. Good question, Stacy. Thank Stacey. you. Look at me. Uh, uh, TM just means trademark. That means you've applied for your initial registration, and it's been granted by the PTO. Okay. And that's a usually anywhere from a, well, it's hard. It depends on how many things are going on at the PTO at any given moment, how long it takes. But usually it's somewhere in the, oh, six weeks to or four months process to get that done. Okay. The registered trademark uh, is when uh, you've gone beyond just your tra- initial trademark application uh, and you've been able to establish use over a significant amount of time. Okay. Um, so you like go a back, Coca-Cola. Yeah. It, it comes back and that, that that has been, it's been firmly established in the public's mind. There's what they call secondary meaning, um, which is just a fancy way of saying people recognize it. Um, and then, then you can get that that registered trademark um, designation. Um, the the TM designation, to be honest, you could even use sometimes without uh, registering with the PTO. But once you get that registration with the PTO, you can call it a registered trademark. Use the R with a little circle, and what that does is just warns people: Hey, um, I've taken the additional step of registering my mark with the USPTO. If you do. Uh, infringe upon it, violate it, try to use it, 
um, I have some additional tools at my disposal to stop you. I have the bucket of water that is going to come splashing down on your head. Exactly. Okay. So now let's say I am going to do the uh, the um, bucket of seafood restaurant and I start that. I'd say chum bucket, but that's probably already <laughs> copyrighted by the, the SpongeBob right? people. Right, uh, right so. exactly. So yeah. we'll, we'll call it chum bucket. So and I'm going to do that in Bikini Bottom. And now somebody else wants to use it um, for the name of a ride in a different place. It's two mm. chums sitting in a bucket that goes really fast. Um, can they do that? It's different states. Maybe is the best answer I can give you. Um, I give that answer a lot. But um, so when you register a trademark, you are uh, required to choose um, a, a, a area of commerce. A, a type of product. Right? Okay. And there are, um, there's all, there's a long, long list of categories, right? And and some of them are really general, like, you know, clothing. Right. Right. Some of them can be very, very specific um, as into an industry. Um, and technically, a, a trademark registration only protects your mark in that particular area. Now, again, there are relations between areas. A good example, a case I had a long time ago um, was over the difference between uh, category designations for beer and wine. And the PTO decided that those are related enough that uh, a mark that is that designates for wine uh, will also cover a substantially similar mark that applies in the beer category. Okay. So they, there can be some overlap. But for instance, if you, and, and that overlap can grow depending upon the, the familiarity with the mark. For instance, if you were to say, well, I'm going to uh, create a uh, golf club and I'm going to name my golf club Coca-Cola. Right. Right. Coca-Cola may or may not be registered for golf clubs, but um, uh, they're not going to allow that to happen simply because Coca-Cola has acquired sufficient secondary meaning mm-hmm. uh, to deserve Kind of a broader protection, right? So Whereas that's where you get collabs. Yeah. So so that's and that's why you'll see similar names, but in different product areas. So perhaps Chum Bucket, you might be able to get away with that as a carnival ride on one end, um, as opposed to a seafood restaurant on the other end. You, you might be able to most both of those might be able to happen. Okay. And that's up to the PTO to make that decision. Okay. All right. So then. My next question is, um, so we talked about the trademark, copyright, license? License is what you do when you own intellectual property and somebody else wants to use it and you want to monetize that arrangement, Mm. right? So somebody comes along and says, hey, I really love, you know, a bucket of water and uh, I, I want to, I want to use it in my scenario over here. Great. Okay. I'll let you do that. I'll let you sell it under that name or I'll let you sell the product, but we have to do a licensing agreement whereby okay. I get something back from you in exchange for allowing you to do that. Got it. So it's like when you buy a uh, T-shirt and it's licensed. Exactly. Okay. Got it. Okay. So many questions. So many <laughs> questions. Um, so what if you're somebody like me who has a bajillion ideas, you know, 
what do you do with all of that? Like, I have to sit and pay you thousands and thousands of dollars now. Well, ideally, <laughs> that's how it would happen, Stacey. We can set that um, up. But. I mean, it's like, do you do you come up with a the name and take care of all of that to protect yourself and do that research, you know, um, on the PTO website, sort of check that out. And then is there a question of, do you have to come up with the um, prototype or, you know, things like that? Um, At what point do you bring in your lawyer? Uh, The answer to that question is yes. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) classic attorney. Well, the bottom line is there's no, there's no designated order to take any of those steps, right? I can, we could identify for you businesses who took every one of those steps in a different order for every one of those businesses, right? It's just depending upon what, what becomes a priority for you in any given moment, right? Um, I, I would say, especially if you're talking about a patent or some kind of protection like that, more often than not, you're going to see a prototype in existence before you're going to apply for that protection, simply because until there's a prototype, you really don't know what you're protecting. Right. But um, it's going to be kind of some common sense guidelines that are going to govern the order that you take rather than necessarily any legal um, guidelines, right? Because often there's plenty of business out there who have their unique idea or whatever and their name, and they have no protection whatsoever, no trademark, no patent, no copyright, no no anything, right? Um, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. If it works for them, they just have to know that, you know, they're kind of flying without a net type of a situation. Oh. So that means that the idea that I have about idea that shall remain not talked about, um, that if I saw something similar on Etsy, Mm -hmm. that if it's not trademarked or registered, that I could move forward with my idea. Maybe. It's, again, your answer right there, right? It's possible. We we should look into that. Uh, We should find out what kind of protection they have. Because there is legal protection for innovators to some degree, right? Okay. That's what I was talking about, the common law yep. trademark. But common law trademark is all based on secondary meaning, right? What does the market understand, right? So um, you know, before there was trademark registration, that's how these things were decided, right? How, how does the public know it, right? If the public knows that this particular product is associated with this particular name, then the law is going to give some measure of protection there, especially if it can be determined that you really did come in and piggyback. Oh, no, I had the idea first. Well, there's the debate, right? <laughs> and uh, and I'm while I'm certain that you did, just because I'm confident in you, right, um, you know, that that could be a, an important thing. Or it could be simply that a, that a, a court might even look at it and just say, hey, we're going to let both of you keep doing it and let the market sort it out. Right. Because there's no violation that have happened anywhere along the way, right? If two people, you know, somebody in Maine and somebody in San Diego mm-hmm. both both start a chum bucket restaurant mm-hmm. independent of each other, you know, the market is going to decide which of them is going to succeed. And naturally, he or she or they who has the best marketing wins. And well, that's, that's where I get a leg up. Okay. Last question about this particular topic. I remember as a kid hearing that if I wrote down my idea and mailed it to myself with the, uh, you know, post stamp, whatever, 
that that would give some level of protection. Is that true or is that a myth? What that gives you is proof that your idea was generated on a particular date. Mm, See, okay. you're, you've, you've created evidence is what you've done. Okay. Right, so that if that becomes an issue later on where there is somebody who is challenging the idea that you came up with an idea on a particular date, you would be able to say, hey, look at the postmark on this that I mailed to myself, right? Oh. Um, I'd say there are, there are many ways to generate such kind of contemporaneous evidence. That's certainly one of them. And it has the, you know, the advantage of having the quote unquote imprimatur of a, of a postmark. Right. right? But uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the, the best or the right or way for your particular situation. It's just one way. Wow. Okay. Oh, we have a phone call. We okay. do. We've got uh, Ginny Cream on the line. What? Yeah. Hello? Stacy, <laughs> do you remember me? Hi, Mom. <laughs> you um... <laughs> you got to work on the voice. <laughs> if you're going to do the character, you can't just come up with your and by the way, calling to ask where I can re- get get a recording of from uh, Legendary. Oh, I'll send you uh, Legendary's music, and there will be so many bleeps that have to be bleeped out. That uh, never mind. That's probably probably I'm too old for that. <laughs> Let me okay. put it this way: If you didn't I, like I the halftime I show, had, I, Eric, I need voice lessons. <laughs> <laughs> The effort is much appreciated. She's trying that. Hey, to your, the guest, tell him I said hi. Well, you're telling him right now. You're, you're telling me right now. We're live on the air. Damn, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any questions for Justin? He's an attorney. You know about some of my ideas. Don't spill them on the air, though. Um, if I want to disinherit all my kids, what do I do? Uh, make a new will. Oh, that's simple. Right? Hmm. I mean, just make sure you talk with your state planner and... And uh, yeah. and get a new will in How, place. The sad part is there's a little trust, but we shouldn't. I can't break that, but I guess my own money I can. Well, I mean, if if, if you're talking about a trust from somebody who predeceased you, yeah, yeah, that th- those can be a little bit difficult to uh, take care of. Why but, are we talking about this? <laughs> because you asked for callers and you got one, and it's a good question. And, and it, I want to aggravate her as much as I can. It is. It is a good question. I have to admit. Uh-huh. I, okay, so can you make, and this is not really your area of expertise. Not necessarily. However, maybe you have some answers. If you have your will, can you make handwritten adjustments to the will? Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> I can hear in the background. What are we talking about? At the cream family being yes. loud in the background. Beautiful. <laughs> um, the short answer is yes, but there is a, there are limitations that go into place. You can make a handwritten what's called a codicil, which is an addition to right. a will. But a codicil has to be executed and signed in the same manner as a will. Signed, two witnesses, the witnesses' signatures need to be notarized, right? Um, you can, however, do um, sometimes just like a personal property memorandum. So, for instance, if you just want to make a list of Stacy uh, gets all my jewelry. Exactly. Right, you know. You already have most, she already has most of my jewelry. <laughs> We're just throwing out an example. Stacy gets all my, you know, Tom Jones records or whatever it might be, right? I have a feeling she's going to change the will so that Eric gets some stuff. Eric, take a better dance now. Don't be surprised. (laughs) Don't be surprised. 
All right. Any other questions? Thank you, Mrs. We... Cream. Yeah, exactly. You're oh my welcome. Gosh. Thank you, Stacy, for uh, answering my questions. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Let's take a really quick break so that we can all recover from that. Uh, keep listening to Don't Ask Me to Talk with uh, Stacy Heller and my guest, Justin Park of Romero Park and Ginny Cream. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm J.D.K. Winnikin, host of This Show Is All About You. If you're like me, you seek many things in your life. Adventure, meaning, belonging, you have dreams, and you want fun, and of course, you want love. And we also want other people to join us along the path. But what happens when you don't know how to have all that or where to start? Well, join me every week to learn more about how, because I am just like you. So join me each week here on KKNW for This Show Is All About You, a show about how you and me become we and what that means for all of us. And be sure to visit my website, wordsbyjdk.com. Whether it's fly fishing or French pastry, we all have something that makes our tail wag. Involuntary and instinctive, it's sparked by excitement, inspired by purpose, and it speaks to who we are. I'm Stacy Heller of Stacy Connects. I lead clients to the place that makes their tail wag. As a creative director, I bring ideas to life. As a podcast producer, I give ideas a voice. Stacy Connects. It's my superpower. If you want to connect with me, Stacy Heller, go to stacyconnects.com. Feelings of disconnect are the cause of an ever-surging mental health crisis. Many of us feel apathetic about ourselves, our work, home, and relationships. We don't know how to re-engage. I'm Greg Kuyper of Kuyper Counseling. At the Root focuses on emotional connection and how awareness is at the root of building healthy relationships with self and others. Join me weekly to re-engage with both. At the Root airs Mondays at 3.30 p.m. here on KKNW. Subscribe to the podcast or go to Kuyper Counseling. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. Don't ask me to talk. Welcome back to the show. Justin Park is my guest today. We had a caller, sort of, uh, and he was able to answer the caller's question. Thanks, Ginny Cream, from my childhood. Uh, However, you do so many more things than just the things that I am asking you about for me. Um, You know, if I go into business with Eric and we go into my social emotional learning uh, university that I said that I wanted to start with Eric, um, he's my yes man. (laughs) 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 He just smile and wave, boys. And so... You know, negotiating that contract, that's something you can help with, yes? Absolutely. Yes, I can help you with, well, with not necessarily negotiating it. You guys are going to decide what needs to be in there, what doesn't need to be in there. I'm going to help you with putting it on paper. Okay. Yeah. Um, good neighbor, good contracts make for good neighbors, right? Like people, people think that, oh, they're my friend. I don't need a contract, you know? No. Good contracts make for good friends, good neighbors. It, it just takes it off the table, decides it, puts it away. You're all good. Okay. And then inevitably when Eric tires of me and he decides to um, take over the ship and there's mutiny. Uh, then the litigation starts and that's when you need me as well. I, that, it, at our core, we are. But you'll be on my firm. side, right? Uh, well, 
Technically, I've already represented Stacey in oh, some other matters, so I interest. would have a conflict yes. of interest. I could represent her, but not you. All right, I'm going to team up with Ginny Cream, and we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll find somebody good. There's probably a lawyer in her family, honestly. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> so, but so we're all you know. So we are we are litigators. Uh, I have appeared in um, courts from just the local you know King County District and Superior Courts, all the way up to the Washington State Supreme Court and the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, I've tried cases in Boston and uh, Utah and Texas and you know, all over the place. And uh, uh, so that trial work is exciting and fun. It's a, it's a heck of a lot of work. But if you have a litigation matter, it's absolutely something we can help you with. Okay. So I imagine, though, that a lot of the work that you do at the top of the show, you were talking about how when I made the analogy about um, – insurance and that, you know, doing some of this, it's like having insurance for your business. And you said it's actually like pre, whereas insurance is, you know, dealing with the fallout. So all of these different things that you do then are are taking care of these things before you have to hopefully get to the litigation piece. Absolutely. Right. That's that's the goal of our our business and and transactional practices. We want to put in place the things that will prevent there from being litigation later on. Um, and if we, well, even when we do our job right, it doesn't always work out that way because, you know, there's always something unique and interesting that comes up in any particular relationship. But you, you hit it on the head. That's the goal, right? The goal is to avoid those conflicts by thinking through the situation, identifying the issues up front, um, and getting them into a contract so that when they come up later on, you have a mechanism to decide this is how it's going to happen. This must be a tricky thing because, uh, you know, your tagline, uh, even when it's business, it's personal. It's it's true. Written by I mean, Stacey Heller, by the way. Oh, yeah. Just, let's I, throw that out there. Oh, just, thank you. I appreciate that. You did not have to say that. Uh, however, I did do that. Um, it's true, though, that, you know, your business, it's something that you have built over time. You've built your reputation. You've built all these things. And so... When you are dealing with potential fallout of it, it must feel for so many personal. So then the things that you're having to look at as you are helping people set up their business and think about the contracts and the relationships and and all of those things, everyone must be completely unique. Absolutely. Nobody goes into a business relationship um, expecting it to fail or at least most of the time, they don't go into a relationship expecting it to fail. Um, but yet, um, almost every relationship has its natural ending point, right? And so uh, our job in that sense is to try to think through how those endings might come about and try to make certain that we have it, we have a design in place, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just random and we cross our fingers and hope. No, we, we hopefully we design something so that you know, when those issues come up, we're ready to smooth those rough edges and and get you through to to the next the next big thing. Made me think of when you're talking about that, like marriage, right? And oh, yeah. you know, it's it's essentially marriage, and that nobody hopefully goes into a marriage like. One of the things that uh, my my partner does a lot of this work. He calls a business divorce. Right. Where where businesses are breaking up and there's disputes over how that's all going to happen. Um, who gets custody of the kids? Exactly. Who gets custody of the ideas? Who gets custody of the physical things? 
uh, who gets custody of you know the bank account. Let's be honest, right? right. So, um, well, and then there's the till death do us part, right? So you have a successful partnership, and you know somebody predeceases the other, and yeah. with the business, and so then what that looks like, and so the contracts for that. So, I mean, holy cow! Oh yeah, we, we we're dealing with it all the way from the the initiation of the business to the end of the business, and there's all the different ways that business can end, right? Hopefully, it, it ends by you know, you, you sell it to somebody else and make a bajillion dollars and it moves on. Or sometimes you have a partner who passes away. So you do have to design. There are mechanisms you can put in place to handle that scenario. Maybe you're going to pass it on to your kids or or a, a, a junior partner who comes along or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, all those things require legal mechanisms being put in place to make them happen. And they are intensely personal. Um, and they are, it's people's real lives, right, Mm -hmm. that I'm dealing with, which is kind of what is the great part about my job is that it's not, well, it's, it's rarely trivial. Right. Well, and that's something that I appreciate about, uh, you is that you have, I'm rarely trivial. Well, no, you're always (laughs) trivial, which is why I love you. (laughs) 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 No, I mean, you take what you do very seriously and it is. It is as personal for you as it is for your clients, and I appreciate that. I mean, we— I would say, though, having the understanding that it is not as personal for me as it is for them is part of what allows me to treat that the right way. To make the person feel yes. like it. Yes. Like— Yeah. Right, because you're, you're you know, firmly in your client's corner, and uh, when it's that personal, it's hard to think clearly— and so that's where you come in. Yeah, and I, I, I tell clients a lot, right? When I'm, when I'm one-on-one with a client, um, my job is to make sure they understand every, every possible thing I can think of, right? Every possible ramification, including the negative ones. Right. Right? But then I go out and I may be dealing with you know, the other party, right? I don't go out to that other party and say, hey, here's the weaknesses in our position. Right. Right? No, I say... I, I, I put on the best face of it. But when I'm with my client, boy, if I don't go over those weaknesses with them, in addition to the strengths, mm-hmm. um, I'm not doing my job. Right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Okay. So we only have a couple minutes here. Uh, who would you say, uh, what is the group that doesn't contact you enough and should? Uh, pe- people who are working with who they consider to be friends. Because people assume that friendship is going to trump all and control all. And um, I say that preserving that friendship requires legal structures be put in place because otherwise, you know, that friendship can die. Mm-hmm. Well, they, uh, you know what they say about uh, making assumptions. So if people want to contact you and ask you questions about this type of thing, um, where can they find you? Uh, our website is uh, www.romeropark.com, R-O-M-E-R-O-P-A-R-K.com. Our phone number, 425-450-5000. Um, we also have offices in San Diego. Uh, if you look on our website, you can find the phone number for that office as well. Of course, because of Anchorman, <laughs> the minute you said <laughs> San Diego. Look up that reference, folks. I'm not going to say it here. Uh, Thank you, Justin. Yeah, exactly. Stay classy. Um, Thank you, Justin, for being 
my guest. It is always fascinating, and clearly I'm going to need to hire you for my ideas and uh, the stuff I'm dragging Eric along with me. Um, thank you, Ginny uh, Cream, for the call. I really appreciate it. She's amazing. Amazing. I feel like she called from the dead even. I'm not sure, though. Um, and thank you, Eric, as always. And next week, my guest is Quincy Washington. He is the artist behind Albinist Designs. Stay connected.